We're going to talk Aaron Boone. Oh my God, here we go. I'm going to be right. fucking. Welcome, everybody, to the Chronicles <laughs> podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Evan, Donald, and Rob. And before we get started, I just want to tell you guys to check out statementgames.com. You can get a unique experience to fantasy sports. And always, always check out docadamsbaseball.org. You can learn about the founder of the game. And Evan, do you want to kick it off today? Because you're. Uh, You've got a lot sure, of- what are we talking about? You want to just jump right into Boone and the fact that I hate him? Yeah, you know, it's oh, – you know, this is Boone's third season. He's had two good seasons where he's managed within the lanes that Cashman has set for him. You know, we question a lot of the move, you know, a lot of decisions in-game. I think Boone needs to be a little more hands-on and, and not just go by what the – you know, what the – plan was before the game started yeah you know and i but i think what i tried to focus on this year with the with the 60 game season was his demeanor with the press and the media you know and he kept himself he stayed collected you know and to whatever he wanted to say he didn't let the you know the uh, emotions override the points he wanted to make. So I think he's, he's held his own, you know, he's had two good, you know, two good seasons. So, you know, the hundred wins, the 103 wins, you know, so really he's had three seasons. So not two. Cause I, okay, I just got to jump I, in. I, I hate, seasons, I hate I the fact I hate the fact that we give him credit for 100 win seasons. He inherited Joe Girardi's fucking team, and it was a good ass team. Okay, so stop, stop. Oh, he's the first guy to ever do it. It's amazing. He broke a record. Wow. I don't care. He's a yes man. If you're gonna give him credit, then you got to give Cashman credit because he built the roster and calls all the shots from a radio walkie-talkie above. Okay. Boom so why, well, then why don't we give Cashman the credit? Because he's the one that put that next man roster together. And everybody that we thought was a joke that he was bringing in came up to play and performed and got the team, get the team afloat. Why don't they get credit for that? Because of all the injuries and everything else, there's too many red flags on this roster that he's not going to get credit for a perfect mark. I would personally give him a minus to me an a minus is phenomenal but people they all want the a plus and that's not something that you can give out to teams no i'm not giving him an a plus i would give him a solid a but not an a plus but he was able to take the 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 players that cash that cashman had that they kept sending up you know yeah you know with talkman and you know we didn't know what was going to happen with Rochella. So maybe Brian Cashman deserves the credit for the 100 wins and 103 and not, not Boone. They're, yeah. they're, they're relevant wins because we didn't win the World Series. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're giving him praise for something that didn't amount to anything. Boone deserves no credit. I'm sorry. And this but is that's it. Yeah, but no, that team could have collapsed. He should be gone. Finished under 500 with the amount of injuries that they had. They never know. You didn't know who was going to be in the lineup day to day. Because you didn't know who was going on the injury report. You know, as much as I, I, I want to agree with you on that, I, I, I want to I, I can't go all in on your on your point. Because 
and that's fine. We're allowed to disagree once in a while, you know, but I just don't think that we're, we're giving, we're too quick to be critical, but we're, we hesitate when it's time, when it's something that deserves credit. Well, he doesn't deserve credit for the way he handled the 60-game season. We had just as many injuries as we had the season before. Yeah. So you, if you're going to give him credit for the, the way he managed in the second season, you've got to criticize him for the way he managed the third season. The 60-game season was a disaster. Oh, no, I wasn't counting. We barely made it. There was actually a point. We were actually out of the playoffs until we made a little bit of a run. His last season. That, that was due to him. It was a joke Cause, anyway. Because there are different levels to the way that I know that he has – his only job is basically just to be uh, the a friend to the guys in the dressing room, you know, everyone's pal. And then he just takes all the information from the analytics crew and Cashman and, and, he, and he just finds the way – a pretty way of saying it to his, to his players. But, but, there, but when things are going wrong, you also have to um, – show a sense of accountability and you also have to show up a sense of leadership in the dressing room and that is where Aaron Boone struggles because he uh, he does I don't think he commands any kind of uh, respect in the, in the dressing room he just I, I, like during that you know during the, uh, this, the the disastrous run that we had last year how many games did Moreau did we lose and uh, and it was really embarrassing and uh, and then Brian Cashman had to come down and, and have a team meeting with the guys because Aaron Boone was making no difference. Yeah, see, all right, yeah, that is a red flag when the GM has to come down because the manager can't get a message across. Exactly. I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you that one. You know, it's are we, you know, is it being overly critical, you know, and unfair? You know, Bone doesn't help himself, and here's what I don't like about Bone. Okay, he's he he comes up with all these little catchphrases, you know, savages, you know, turn the corner, turn the page, turn the dial, you know, it, it's stop, just come out. Most fans are adults. We we can handle truth. We might not like what we hear, but at least uh, when we calm down, all right, at least we know where, at least we know where he's coming from. At least we know he's pissed off. At least we know that he's holding this player accountable or that player accountable. We can handle that. If the players can't, that's that, that's the player's problem. Correct. But I don't think that's what Cashman wants. I don't think Cashman wants him to hold players accountable. Yeah. Because, because, uh, Girardi held players accountable, yeah. but he got we'll fired for him. What were we going to say uh, there? No, I was just saying Gary's the biggest example of that. We, It's like he, he does the same thing every year, and the only one that held him accountable got fired for it. That's, that's not what you want on the team. And the only thing that Boone is going to be remembered for when his contract is up is the stupid savages in the box thing. That's not a reason to like a manager. He's a C-minus manager up against Kevin Cash, who's probably one of the most brilliant managers in the game right now. And you also have Rocco Baldelli in Minnesota, who's pretty damn good, too. He can make anything out of it. Watch Hap have a really good season. Watch it happen. Yeah, oh, he's going to bounce back. Yeah. But, he, you know, yeah, that was another one that kind of threw me off that he went to the Twins. I was, I, I laughed. 
It's a good move. I mean, the Twins got Michael Pineda, and they fixed a lot of his issues. He was 11-5 last year, with, or the year before that, with a pretty good ERA. I mean, he's not a bad pitcher. He has good stuff. He has control issues, and he's a nut job. That's about it. Isn't it interesting that Aaron Boone was uh, hired for his communication skills, but uh, Jay Happ <laughs> just obviously yeah. didn't communicate with Jay Happ at all. He was unhappy, yeah. and he didn't do a very good job of communicating the issue to TV Garcia. Then uh, he lied to us about uh, Aaron Judge's injury. Oh, no, no, we're just giving him a rest. Oh, he's yeah. just, we just took him out in the seventh inning. He'll be back tomorrow. We didn't see him again for a month, right? That's a lie. Played out lie. Don't lie to us. So that was his communication skills, expert communication skills but there. He's being and, told what to say from above. Yeah, so. And also Gary Sanchez. He didn't communicate with Gary Sanchez yeah. at all. So. So, yeah, I mean, he's obviously Gary not very said, good at his communication skills. Yeah, the fact that Gary said he didn't understand why he was benched. Well, that's your job as a manager to show yeah. your superstar yeah. why the hell he's being benched. Yeah, we took we um, we we talked about that a few weeks ago with with, uh, with Sanchez. Yeah, we we all know we we all were able to watch on TV and, and know why he wasn't being played as much. But as a manager, if you're not in an organization, if you're not giving him the tools to improve his, his skill, that's not you can't solely blame the player and call him lazy and fat and you know um, that narrative is to me is it's bullshit. You know it, it stop because you're not helping anything because. Now, now, now you're getting reports that you know he's bored with baseball. Yeah, the punch with Vegas is saying that he's unhappy. I don't football. buy that report one second. That's one man's opinion. Exactly. It's a great so, player. There's a former player that I don't even know that they even spoken. You know, I know all these players, these former players. They'll reach out and they'll give advice, and that's great. But does Punch really know? You know. Are they bunking together that, you know, he knows Gary's, you know, inner feelings? No. If he's so smoke without fire, you wouldn't just come up with that for no reason. If he's so bored with baseball, why did he go over to play in the Dominican League? Yeah. You don't do that if you're bored with baseball. If he, you know, if he didn't want to play, he wouldn't have went over there. He's trying to get better. He knows that he struggled last year. He knows right. he was bad. And, and there's probably also- a lot of factors that went into it. He would have took the offseason off to be with his family if that was the case. Yeah. No, he wanted to go get better. So anyone saying this guy's lazy, doesn't work hard, I hate that. I really do. I'm going to yeah. defend Gary Sanchez until I can't no more because I like the guy. But I will not deny that his season sucked last year, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get better. So he's bored with baseball. That's just like your opinion, man. Just take a movie quote right there. It's a very yeah. dumb narrative. It's a lazy it's narrative. Yeah. They're right. trying to come up with some stupid reason to to knock a guy who you know is trying hard. But – Things happen where it's, you know, you can't succeed sometimes. It just happens. Remember Chris Davis had like 52 home runs or something with the Orioles, and then he went to a 100-hitter back-to-back years and just couldn't do it. It just happens. I still think he's a talented baseball player. It's just whatever happened, happened. Something's off, and he's got to, you know, regain it. (laughs) So – one of the, you know, that that leads to the other top you know, point we wanted to make today, and that is a lot of these reporters trying to be the first to report something, and throwing reports out there without even having all the facts together. 
because they want to be able to say that they had it first. You know, we had, you know, yesterday was a complete shit show with Michael Brantley. You know, I was waiting for him to end up where he was signing with the, you know, with the Brewers, you know, because nobody knew where the hell he was going. Everybody was saying, you know, as soon as we finished yesterday's show, it came out that he was, you know, pending a contract with Toronto. Oh my gosh. I said, well, that doesn't help us at all. <laughs> no. So and then he's like, oh, he's going to, he's, that deal is done, but he's got, now he's going, you know, he's got a contract with the Astros. So now I'm sitting there going, well, I don't believe that now either. So these, re these reporters need to slow down. The offseason is slow enough. You, they have time to get the facts straight before spitting something out. Well, Twitter is also the issue. I think they spend so much time on Twitter and they start to compete with us and they start to get arrogant with us because if you have someone like me break a news story, they look pretty dumb that they didn't see it, right? Because they're professionals and they're getting paid to do that. So yeah, they're competing with that. But I think they get so arrogant and, and overwhelmed with trying to do that that they make huge dumb mistakes. First off, John Heyman, I'm going to call you out because it's ridiculous that you – constantly tweet oh he was first blah 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 he did it when someone died once yeah i was gonna this mention person that. died oh blah 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 was first with that are you fucking kidding me you insensitive little troll you're an idiot thanks for blocking me i don't want to read you dumb shit anyway i agree i was gonna mention that i thought that was awful i know oh, i called him out on that too horrible taste i did too and he yeah. I was blocked so he didn't read it but horrible taste yeah i mean you know, I think that, you know, the only one that, you know, Ken, Rose, Ken Rosenthal is another one that's kind of let us down this year. You know, he's always been one of the more, the more reliable, you know, Twitter accounts with the writers. He's kind of slipped up a little bit. And, you know, they, stop trying to be first. I think you're not, you know, they're, they're discrediting themselves. I think the thing really with the scary. report. There's so much news coming out, like rumors of what could happen with the season, whether or not we're going to get a full year of spring training. He might just be overwhelmed as well, because we know, like you said, how good Rosenthal has been in the past. But, you know, everyone has a hiccup here and there, and he's got to trust some of his sources. You know, th these same sources have not let him down in the past. So, you know, a guy like him, I don't care if he makes a mistake here and there. It is unfortunate that it was him who made that mistake. I would rather it have been some – you know, other persons like, oh, I made it, you know, like the guy who said that the Castillo trade was close and had to like yeah. come around to, you know, to correct himself, things like that. But, um, you know, there's probably a lot of news that they're hearing about, you know, how many games are we going to play this year? When spring training starting, what kind of rules are going to be in place? So he's probably yeah. hearing a bunch of things at once. And then so, like, like earlier, he got the, the years wrong with Castro by one year. You know, it's not that big of a deal. He corrects himself. No one's going to say, Ken, you suck. Get it. You know, go, go away. <laughs> you know, I think he just needs a rest. I think some of these guys just need to take a rest and, yeah. you know, re recharge their batteries, especially with guys like him. But yeah, John Heyman, I laugh whenever he tweets because he's, he's, he's the guy that thinks it's a competition. He's always late when things happen. He's like six hours late and he's like, oh, catching up on credits. Like, who cares? At this point, we all know who signed where. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a good point by by Evan. There, that there's so much competition 
because Twitter is 24 hours a day mm-hmm. and news is 24 hours a day, that there's so much com- competition from sources uh, to be the first to break in news that they're not focusing first on what's accurate. Why not just break it when it's one of basically 100% rather than, than what's happened? I think that's maybe what the issue is. Right. And it also gets broken on multiple multiple platforms, which creates chaos. He could yeah. be the first guy that did it on ESPN, but not the first on Twitter. Well, the people on Twitter are going to see the guy who did it first on Twitter and give him credit. So he has to go hope that that guy now gives him credit and just becomes a whole mess of why the fuck do you need credit in the first place? No, exactly. You know, and we all fall victim to it. You know, I made that I made the mistake two days ago when I thought I saw that Didi had signed. You know, to see it was just on a trade rumor account. Am I right that Talking Jake broke the Kluber deal first? I think I think that's what I heard. Go on, sorry. I think he did. Yeah, no, I think that actually the guy um, from John Boy from John Boy Media. That was actually really really cool. He said, you know, he I'm hearing that Kluber and the Yankees have an agreement, and he was actually right. That was yeah. Then all the sources started coming later, going, oh. uh, Talking Jake was first to this, blah, 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 blah. So that's what we're talking about. Even though the Spanish guy said he called it in, like, December. That's not the same. Like, you can't just make a prediction in December and say, I got it. Yeah, Yeah. Jake (laughs) called it the day of. Like, he had it hours before it was announced. So that credit to him. I can say right now that, you know, Gary Sanchez is going to hit 300 and, you know, be the MVP. Just – that doesn't mean I can say I had it first. It's just a, it's a it's a prediction. Better happen now. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> you to it. So, but I was saying, you know, I even felt victim, you know, to, to jumping the gun, you know, and I was guilty of it, you know, not because I I saw it real quick before going to sleep, and I I. Sometimes you got, I, I, you know, what I should have done, what these reporters should have done. You sit back, you double check, then you open your mouth, you know, because we were closing out that show. Next thing you know, we're all, you know, now, now we have dead air because we're all double checking on our phones. So, and that's something that we try to be very careful with, you know, because as much as we're a bunch of handsome faces to look at every day, you know, we do have a team of writers that try to make sure that when we put stuff out on the website, that it's not just feeding into gossip that, you know, it's all credible information, stat driven, you know, where there's proof to what we're, what we're writing about. So, you know, we, we try to distance ourselves from that part of, the social media chaos of just to keep on, you know, just to put something out there. Let me just write this, you know, and they need to do the same thing and worry more about being credible than being first. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, they love what you see, like, Oh, this so-and-so player is close to a deal. So they like seeing the hype behind that. And then when it does happen, they I'm sure they do like being the first one to have it. But it can't be a competition if you're getting stuff wrong. Yeah. So, but, you know, the offseason's moving so slow. You know, like you said, just slow it down. You know, just yeah. wait for it to come out. Like no one this, – if this thing was a, a rush, then all the big moves would have been done by now. But we're still waiting on two of the top free agents to sign. 
it's it's a slow moving off season. Just take your time and get this to get the facts right. Well, I, I wish what they would do is just turn the winter meetings into a two week thing and let that be the free agent signing period, just like the other leagues do it. You know, that would bring so much more excitement. All the reporters would be there together. So there'd be no bullshit and there'd be, you know, fans doing what they do as well. I just, I, I don't get why they don't market that because I, we've talked about this all the time. If you market it that way, more baseball fans are going to watch, especially the youth. Yeah. That was another thing we, you know, we, we, we talked about different options that baseball could do, you know, that, that they can go with to improve the flow of the off season. You know, it's, you just have to, you know, it has to be agreed upon by the players union, you know, and they're not going to agree to, to rushing, you know, the contracts. No, Cashman wouldn't. Cashman uses time as a weapon all the yeah. time. Why would he want to get rid of that, you know, and have to rush over two weeks to convince people to take less money? He wouldn't have that option anymore. He'd be yeah. like, you're the Yankees. You're going to pay us or you're not going to get us. Yeah. You That's know. true. But because but, we also have to bear in mind, though, that the baseball is a lot different from the other sports because there's not a minimum salary cap or even a salary cap. Yeah. So there's a lot of teams that aren't even uh, even prepared to spend at all. Correct. Like, you know, there's teams that are quite happy just to tank for draft picks, like the Marlins did for the last couple of years, and like the Royals have and things like that. And so that's why there's a lot of teams that there's a lot of uh, very slow moving parts. And I know that Scott Boris has been on uh, to like the Michael K show and stuff, and he's been complaining about the way that that um, that baseball is in terms of transactions and, and things like that. Obviously, it's, it's imperative for him to get the most for his client, but uh, there are a lot of cases where, uh, you know, there's no teams that are spending at all. And that makes it a lot more difficult for for um, GMs who want to spend, like Brian Cashman, reading the market, stuff like that. It makes this it's a tougher job. Yeah, you know, it's, the system's broken, but nobody, nobody wants to fix it. You know? Yeah, it is. It's broken. It's completely broken because it's crazy that there's so many fantastic players that have to wait until spring training just to get a deal. And it might be just a one-year deal. Because there's not any teams that are actually wanting to spend. If there was a minimum amount that you had to spend per off season, you would actually see some movement in the market. And, it would, and then, then you know, Evan's idea of a, a two-week winter meetings would actually make sense in that case. But you would actually have to have a minimum to for each team to spend in order for it to be competitive and for it to be an actual market. Because there's not actually a market. There's about four teams that actually want to compete. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Padres, you know, and a couple of other ones, the Blue Jays, and once in a while. But there aren't actually that many teams that are actually willing to spend. And that is why um, we're in this situation now where we have to wait till spring training for a lot of players to move. Yeah, so we, we, we could speculate what the, the rotation and the lineup's going to look like. But in the next, you know, by the time pitches and catches report, that could all that could all have changed. So it's it's you said it's a, you know it's a broken system. Yeah. You know, the other problem I think that you know is with the veteran players. Teams don't want to pay the, the players. The, the veteran players want a fair contract for their accomplishments because they know that once they hit a certain age, that's the last contract they're going to get. Right. You know, 
but teams don't want the older players. They want the younger players because yeah, there's yeah. team control. There's only it's only arbitration, you know. So they kind of, you know, they're, they're not balancing each other out. And plus, but, the analytics crew will tell the GM to go. Now you don't need to spend on this veteran because you can go and sign somebody who is exactly the same kind of metrics here in our yeah. our system here. So that'll be a tenth of the price, and that's why that's why a lot of veterans aren't getting the kind of money that they deserve. Even if they're hitting forty home runs or whatever, they'll the the metrics on for some analytics crew is going to tell the the team to cash the 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 general manager to to find a cheaper version. You know, if you don't if you don't make your money and you you know between you know at the age you know let's say between the age of twenty eight and thirty three you're not making that money. So that's why these players hold out for, for the, for the contracts. Yep. You know, you, you have the exceptions like LeMahieu that just want to be on a competitive, you know, that want to be in a winning environment that will work with the, with the team and take the years over the money, which is great. But very few players think with that mentality. It's it's sad too because the the age has come down for what used to be old. Yeah, forty to forty five used to be old in baseball. Yeah. now thirty four to thirty six is considered. Oh no, I don't want to touch those guys. Yeah, because I, I remember back in the nineties, there were plenty of guys at like thirty four yeah. to thirty six who could get those four year deals and retire at forty. That's not happening anymore, mm. especially not for pitchers. Oh. Was I think it was Emily Nyman on on her Twitter feed last night was talking about how the average age of the on the movie uh, Major League was like thirty eight, you know. And yeah, I, that's what kind of got me thinking to that, you know, to 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 my point. So, yeah, the veterans need to be tre- treated better. You know, yeah, that, that's just to, to, to finish that point. I mean, Hap Hap should retire after what he did last year. He's 37, going to be 38. That that's an old pitcher right there. I I think with Hap's mentality is I'm not going out like that mentality. Probably. (laughs) That's it. I could see if he has a a fair year, I could see him retiring. But you don't think that it's crazy that the league has signed Hap and not Paxton? Because Paxton is a much better high upside yeah. pitcher than Hap is for sure. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually I am surprised Paxton hasn't gotten a um well Pax I, I thought he would have gotten a um a prove it deal by now. You know, we'll we'll pay you seven if you're able to you know, pitch X amount of innings will give you a bonus, you know. So I, I'm I'm surprised he hasn't gotten something like that. Um almost like with CC, you know, with the shoulder. You know, what was it, his knee? As long as he didn't if was his knee, yeah. Right? Yeah, the 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 issue the part uh clause in the contract. As long as he didn't have this this particular injury, he got his money. All right, okay. You know, there was something along that. I don't know. I, I'm not thinking of the specifics, but I'll look into that on how that works with him. But it's 
I'm just, you know, I'm just tired of all this bullshit with the you know, with the off season. You know, it, it's become it's it's draining. It's fun to sit here and talk every morning. It's well, yeah, it's why I get up. So, but these other people in the media outlets need to do better because they're really letting us down. Yeah. It's, it's not yeah. sustainable to have an offseason that's this long. I mean, the four of us are diehard fans. So, like you said, we can talk about this every day. But for someone who doesn't want to talk about it every day, it becomes draining after less than a month. And the, and the offseason is supposed to start in, what, November? And it drags on until March, and then you have to watch the whole season. It's, it's a never-ending cycle where baseball is literally the entire year. Yeah, it is 12 months. That's why it's so different in other sports because you have that free agency period that when it opens up, you see moves get made yeah. mm-hmm. right off the bat. And then the next, you know, maybe week or so, you see lesser signings. Right. Like you'll rarely see a top free agent take three weeks to sign in the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. That might be the max that you might see a guy sign in, in those sports. But like, you know, like I said earlier, we still have the top two of the top free agents on the market and we're approaching February, but also look, and that's look at the fact that uh, the NFL and basketball, they missed the entire summer. That's three months. They don't have to be on and they still make more money than the major league baseball by a lot. They're that much more popular and they can miss three months. It's kind of nice that they missed three months because during the summer, most kids and other people go to places like camp or they're working. So you're not going to be watching it. So baseball, that's a really dead period you're only having a certain type of person that can go to baseball games during the summer i certainly am not one of them <laughs> yeah i think one of the things we need to explore and, and really get into is is it a smart business move for both sides to have a soft cap on the salary You know, that might be something to, you know, to get into, you know, during the week. You know, because they need to do something with the system because it's broken. Yeah. You know, you say you could have a three week, you could, you could force a three week time, you know, window for for free agency. But if the the player, you know, the players are like, you know, they don't want to sign because they know that it, it, it's kind of there's no window right now, so they'll sit yeah. out and they'll wait, or you know some of them will come off the market. You know the, the lower end guys will come off the market right away. You know because they'll they'll fill in some holes while they're waiting for the the bigger free agents to see where the market's going to set. Well, that's it. But I think a soft cap is something that they, not that it's something I want to see because you, you want to play, you know, you want the, the, the workers to make money. You know, it can't just be the, you know, you can't just be the owner and sit, you know, rolling around and roll around in cash. You, you, you want to spread out even, you know, fairly to the people that are making your money for you. Well, there should be an incentive for a minimum spend so that teams are semi-competitive Um you know, for A, for their fans, and B, for, um, you know, TV and stuff like that. I mean, no one will want to watch teams that aren't even trying. 
yeah. and are just looking for draft picks, you yeah. know. And uh, I think that's a, I think, I think an incentive where like, um, if you don't spend at least a very, very minimum amount in an off season, you get docked one a draft pick or something like that, some kind of a thing. Got to be more than a draft pick, because honestly, yeah, doesn't really. Matter. I was just at the top of my head, but there but should be an incentive. The, the thing that's interesting about baseball, though, is we're talking about the draft. It's the only sport where tanking doesn't do a goddamn thing. You can tank all you want. Getting the first overall pick is not going to help you that much because you're going to have to yeah. wait for five years anyway. So what are you going to do? Tank for 15 years and hope that you get five? Yeah. Look what the Pirates do. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to dive a little deeper into, into this um, during the week. And because um, it's – it's an interesting concept of what, what baseball could do. So we're going to wrap this up. And on behalf of everybody, YankeeChronicles.com, I want to hope everybody has a good day. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Later, guys. Bye-bye.